five, four, three, two, one, sink. sink. Isaiah? Yeah? Did you did you not count down with this? I did not. I think you distract him with a four. <laughs> I did get distracted with a four, yeah. Do we want to take that Vor again? is unholy. Bad. All right, this will be a fast <laughs> one. Get ready. All right, I'm ready. Five, four, three, three two, two, one, one six. six. I was not ready for a, a different BPM. He <laughs> said it would be a fast one. I, I was even you. I was even like tapping my desk in rhythm. I know, but it still threw me off. All right, we'll give it one more shot. Oh, okay. Are you, are you guys ready? Go even faster this time. Five, four, three, three, three two, two, one, one sink. sink. I'm not confident with that, but okay. Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. I'm working together with Isaiah. Hello. And Charlie. Hi. And and my name is Steven. I'm also part of this team. And we're presenting to you Sonic the Lost World. It's not the Lost. It's just Sonic Lost World. I don't even think... There's not a colon, is there? Uh, I don't... No. I think it's just Sonic, it's just Lost, Sonic World. Lost World. It's Sonic Lost World. It's yeah. one of the like shortest titles. Not to be confused with Lost World, that one level from Sonic Adventure. It's like the completely ops, complete opposite in like visual tonality. This is actually yeah, because... one of the most found worlds. It looks like. <laughs> Don't. Okay. Zel- okay. I need to like explain it because like <laughs> Tails, Tails, and Sonic are chasing Eggman like on the plane and the Egg Mobile and whatnot. Eggman's like holding a capsule of. Uh, of animals or critters, what, as a Sonic puts it, and what like what Charlie is explaining done, like, right now, what is the it, what Charlie is explaining right now is the introductory cutscene, yes. just in case you were wondering. Yes, and like you haven't even seen an animal capsule in like forever in these games, like probably not since like the Sonic Advance games. Yeah. Also, they're called Flickies, and they just refuse to acknowledge that. Well, it, there's there's <laughs> fl- there's Flicky, Pocky, uh, Clucky, or or is it Cucky? Oh, it's Cucky. You better believe <laughs> Ricky, Picky, all those kind of names because and Clyde. Thank you, Isaiah. It was a it was a Pac Man. They try to rescue it or it falls or something. I don't remember. It was a really dumb cutscene. All the cutscenes are very dumb. But anyway, hold it, hold it. No. Wait, this first one is not particularly dumb. It's just cartoony. It's it's. <laughs> they hurt me more than the Sonic Colors cutscenes. This first cutscene makes total sense. They're chasing after Eggman in a plane. He drops the animals to distract Sonic, and then Sonic goes and chases after the animals, and he is successfully distracted. Yeah, and they find the lost hex just, like, right there in the sky. It was just, like, in Earth's atmosphere and orbit or something. Okay, now this is not the first time that a colossal spherical object has been right next that to Earth. That is true, no but it was also in plain sight last time. Well, I mean, there's also Sonic CD, where, like, the clouds That's what I was talking about. The- Oh, it I was bound by colors. a chain to the Earth. Sonic Colors does the same thing, though. It also has, like, a colossal thing that's in the sky that oh, people just right. don't notice. But, like, it's just, like, it was lost. It was just here the whole time. It, it, 
Also, also I think the fact that Angel... Tails just announced it also kind of got me and like, oh, okay, the thing we haven't heard of. But I guess that's everything but... in a Sonic game, so I shouldn't be that critical. But for some yeah, reason, this, like... this game like just kind of <laughs> kind of pokes me. Can Angel I... Island is also this. Can trope. I do a bit real quick? Uh, we found it. The Sonic Lost World. Oh my god. Great. Good. Very good. Thank <laughs> you for giving me permission to do that bit. But like, all the time we find giant floating like land masses in the sky. So <laughs> I, this is not like, I, I don't think this should guarded. be troublesome. I'm glad you're here to tell me how stupid my uh, thoughts are because like, <laughs> I feel like I just have an inherent negative bias even though like I was pretty excited for this game when it was coming out. Welcome yeah, I to would the Charlie's like... Thoughts Are Stupid Zone. <laughs> no stupid thoughts zone. <laughs> no, but like, I don't... I don't think it's like problematic to be like skeptical about this game's quality. Yeah. But I do think that like there is a lot of poison in this well. Yeah. So it's I try to there's approach... always poison in the well. <laughs> you just have to figure out how much poison tolerance you have before you just we die. Haven't, yeah, we haven't built up an immunity <laughs> to this kind of poison. I would like to say though that like I tried I so I think that because we had a nice little gap coming to this game was like very easy for me to kind of ignore some of my past Sonic experiences and just sort of like yeah. take this game in and I will say right up front that I might be the only human being on the entire planet that likes that there is a running button in this game. I definitely think that you're the only person on the planet who likes that. It's fine. I guess. I got used to it. Uh, you know what I would much, much prefer? Uh, a walking button. No, I think that's dumb, because, like, I hate when you have to, like, actively do something to, like, reduce the amount of activity on screen. I, it feels very counterintuitive. I will say it's kind of neat that if you hold a run button in place, it's like he does a super peel out. Uh-huh. It's very good. But, like, I don't know. It's it's weird to me. And I think it's only because, like, the power of hindsight is that, like, we got this, like, gameplay mode and then we just never see it again. Especially since this game, like, is very obviously trying to be a mainline title. And, I mean, the it's not trying six... to be a mainline title. It is a mainline title. Well, right. I, I don't think that, like, you can easily call something, like, a mainline title anymore. And especially in the Sonic franchise because of how confusing and diluted it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. It's just, it's just that this is a console game and like. Yeah. I don't know. Even then, it's like a little sus because like it gets referenced a lot and, though. Well, yeah, but like what I mean is that like Colors and Unleashed don't feel like they are technically in the same series as like Sonic Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just the thing with 3D Sonic that it's just too confused, and this is a prime example. I yeah. think, so my perspective is that Sonic 06 is when is when that like era of Sonic that is really interested in complex plot and interesting character interactions that's when that kind of ends and like after that game we get the simpler stories with more like cartoonish stakes uh, well, which, just, which we see in Sonic Colors and Lost World there just isn't any like Everything is fully episodic. There's no connecting threads between any of these games, like, yeah. to the next one. Like, it feels like every single thing could be, like, effectively a reboot. Yeah. And the only real connecting thread this has to colors, beyond just, like, wisps, which are more of a gameplay function than a plot element at this point, is, yeah. like, Cubot and Orbot. 
Yeah. <laughs> because those characters were not, like, established in Sonic's, like, earlier history, like Tails and Amy and Knuckles were. Yeah. But, uh, but I every, will say... Every game in the series now is a filler arc. Well, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think is necessarily a problem. It gives them more room for, like, interesting design spaces, but I don't think they've necessarily, up until this point, like really actualized any of their ideas particularly well. Like, we never got a second Werehog game. Yeah. we Like, they seem to be working with the idea of Wisps a lot more, which is, like, in my opinion, unfortunate, because... Well, yes, it is. I do think it's interesting. But they're not but even referenced, say, though. Like, in the story, mean, like, they're just there. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Like, they're more of a gameplay element than a plot element. And, like, I, I don't know. I didn't think that they were the most interesting aspect of, like, any of the past, like, seven Sonic games. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know I, this, I think it's interesting that that's what carried over. I I think it's interesting in a mostly positive way that this game goes. Hey, you know everything that we've learned from the previous like two decades of Sonic design. Scrap all of that except the we're starting over. They, they have wisps. <laughs> everything except for wisps. They learned the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's so wild as a follow-up to Sonic Generations, which was like, yeah, so there's classic 2D gameplay, and then there's modern, like, boost gameplay, and that's just, Sonic is just boost gameplay now. And then the very next game is like, okay, so no more boost gameplay. It was so, so well, I, like, received, too, which is weird. Yeah. And I think maybe it was just the fact that this was, at the time, a Nintendo Wii U exclusive. Yeah. So, and, like, there is, like, some gyro and touchscreen controls, which... I later, I kind of found out as I played it that they are mostly optional. Well, yeah, I'm like anything on the Wii U, like they had to make it kind of optional or 100% the point of the game because they like realized some of the shit with the Wii that was really rough. It was mostly yeah. the touchscreen stuff that was optional, but like the gyro stuff was kind of unavoidable. When do you have to use gyro stuff in this game on the Wii version? Uh, you need to use it for Crimson Eagle, um, Indigo Can Asteroid. I- I'm talking about but Wisp, it's nothing. It's nothing ever present. Right. Okay, that's interesting. But like some of them, like uh, actually, I think you do have to use the touchscreen for uh, for rhythm. But like the I, the drill and and uh, the drill and uh, what what's it called laser? Like say you should use the touchscreen, but you can use the control stick, which is laser. good because like it's just laser, laser caution. <laughs> Color power has been depleted. Okay, so I guess here's a good spot to just kind of, like, open up about the gameplay. So this game has, like, a very, like, fixed camera angle for the majority of the gameplay, where you are, like, above Sonic's head, it's pointed at, like, slightly downwards, so you can see pretty much everything in front of you very clearly. It's the first time in a Sonic game where I have not been angry at the camera ever. Oh, yeah. During no segment of gameplay did I have any problem with where the camera was pointed. And the levels, like, vary between these different shapes. Like, some of them have cylinders that you run along, and you can, like, rotate around the cylinder by pushing, like, left. But for the most part, you just want to run forward unless you're avoiding obstacles. And then other levels are these, like, these big, like, flat planes that you, like, maneuver around, and they're a little more open, but there's, like, walls on the left and right. And then the game also has several 2D segments, much like, you know, a lot of the previous Sonic games, where during, like, boost gameplay, you'll occasionally hit, like, a 2D spot where you have to do, like, a little more platforming and precision stuff. I almost forgot to be mad at that. The, thi- <laughs> <laughs> the thing 
that I like a lot more about how this game handles precision platforming, which I think is maybe kind of a weird place to start, but I think it's the most drastic difference. Yeah. In terms of, like, the gameplay from this game between, like, generations of colors, is that because of the running button, when you are doing precision platforming, you let go of the running button so that you can more, like, carefully maneuver yourself, and then you hold down the run button when you need to get to, like, a further platform. And Sonic also has, in addition to the homing attack, a double jump in this game, which I think makes precision platforming significantly more manageable. And this isn't, like, the first time that Sonic has had a double jump, so yeah. it's not even, like, completely, I don't know, out of the realm of, like, possibility at this point. So I'm really glad they implemented that if they were going to make a heavier focus on, like, 2D precision platforming. And I also think that that addition helps drive home another point that I think is important to the core gameplay of this game, which is that it feels like the first true 3D presentation of a lot of the ideas in the old 2D Sonic games, like these concepts of going through a level, taking different routes, trying to figure out which is fastest, trying to find some like odds and ends secrets here and there. In this case, the game has the red rings and you will only be able to find all five of the red rings in each level if you take a few different paths through it. And I think that, like, especially in the first level, where a lot of the time you are running down these, like, cylinders where you can choose to, like, go left and right, it's fun to, like, first time through, take just, like, the paths that are directly in front of you, and just sort of, like, interface with the surface level. And then your next time through, run around to, like, the bottom of the cylinder, because there are completely different obstacles that you just couldn't see if you didn't, like, maneuver around the world in this interesting way. And I think it's, like, visually exceptional, because this game is full of saturated colors, and it, like, makes it very clear what you can walk on and what you can't. It makes it clear, like, what's an obstacle and, like, what's an interesting path to take. Like, it's it's very easy to tell where you're supposed to go at all times, and I really appreciated that. Uh, it's I a little too wanna... saturated. I, I actually disagree with Charlie there, um, but I, I will say there's a bit in the ice level where... A lot of things are blue, and, like, that's cool, but, like, Sonic's blue, and the ground is blue, and the enemies are blue, uh, and that's, that's w not ideal. Yeah, everything's, everything is blue <laughs> for him and himself. Are you sure that your computer didn't just crash? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole screen was blue, and there was, like, a frowny face on it. Yeah, and there was, and there was a barcode. Like there was a little, and <laughs> a little white error. text that said, like, <laughs> your computer's broken. At first yeah, I thought the frowny face was just, like, a cloud texture. <laughs> and then and then when my computer rebooted, I had lost all of my progress. Okay. Uh, I, uh, but, I, but no. <laughs> uh, but it's especially a problem in the pinball section, which I need to complain about at some point, uh, where, like, every everything's blue, and I don't know where I am. But outside of those specific areas, like, I do think this game is very visually clear. Yeah. So, I will say that I only made it through to basically the end of Zone 2, because I had a lot of other things going on during the time we were supposed to be playing this game. But I do feel like I got a good enough slice of the game. Yeah. And I also played a lot of the earlier levels multiple times, just to, like, get a better feel for them, to see if, like, that, that branching paths, like design philosophy like actually carried through and I think that for those levels that I replayed it definitely did. Interesting. I feel like There's they're probably another... not as prevalent in the 2D stages though. Like the 3D Whoa. ones too, sure because you like you're on a tube and the other halves can have like different stuff to look at, but like the yeah. 2D sections do have a ton of upper paths in them. 
And this is this is one of the first times where I've actually felt like, no, I'm actually really invested in getting the upper paths. And also, I don't feel like... I feel like Sonic 4 had an issue where, like, oh, you didn't press the jump button in the two frames you had to react to this, so now you're on the lowest level. Yeah. Uh, whereas this game is very fair about whether or not you get to the upper level. I don't I... agree. So, I mean, first of all, I maybe I'm just so used... I, I'm going back to an earlier point. I think I'm just too used to, like, Sonic games being fairly desaturated that just seeing this kind of makes me want to vomit I guess didn't didn't you like Sonic Heroes visually though yeah but like that game had a bit more texture to it hmm it's not the same with Ocean Palace not playing in the background or uh, Casino Park. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're right. It is super saturated Heroes, but, like, everything has, like, a texture to it. So it's, like... Because everything looks like blocks to me in this game. I actually think everything looks way better in this game than in Heroes. And it's not just the, like, graphical the literal, upgrade. like, graphical upgrade, yeah. Yeah, I think that even if the graphics in this game were, like, 480 or whatever they were on, yeah. you know, the GameCube like, or whatever. Like, it definitely is prettier. It's just... Well, and I'm so probably just nostalgic, thing. and like even though I've had a lot of time to like remember this game, it still just kind of le- left a bad taste in my mouth that I just no. I allow me to try and pinpoint exactly what it is like graphically that you don't like about this game. Uh, this game is like in its soul uh, a cartoon. Yes, and and like so you you open this episode with like here's how the the opening cutscene works, and here's the the problem. And the, the problems you have with that cutscene is it is a cartoon. And it's not the the thing that it was between like two thousand one and two thousand six. Right. But uh, even like even um even generation and colors with like the same writing was cartoony, but at least everything wasn't like it the dialogue was cartoony, but at least it was juxtaposed on like a some fairly appealing uh, scenery. So and you're saying that there was, like, this intense pomp and circumstance that helped you feel more at home? Yes. And this kind of this kind of feels like I'm being thrown into a new dimension. A, a lost world, if you will? Yes. <laughs> one, one that you haven't, you know, ever had the chance to experience before. I want to I, I say more things about the parkour system before... Because I think we're going ha- to have a lot of thoughts about the cartoony vibe of the game. Um... But I would I, also like to say something about the parkour system. Parkour, parkour! So, so you mentioned, <laughs> like, precision platforming, and I, I do think it is smart to have an option in the game to let you literally slow down at all so that you can do precision platforming. But I also feel like this game demands a lot less precision platforming than Colors and Generations did. Yes, I and I think that, that is which Which I also, also think better. is better. There yeah, is some just, parts, especially later on, like... Sometimes some of the two D stages like they rotate with you. Okay. And yeah, they do the thing where like you're walking towards or away from the camera. Right. And there's yeah. this part in the fifth world where I was trying to get this red ring, but because of how the stage turned, I would either undershoot or overshoot my jump before, and I, I lost like 15 lives before I finally just gave up and going oh, after no. it. It was a little mm. frustrating, but luckily that was just an optional pass, so it wasn't that bad. But it's just kind of weird yeah i never experienced that though i could totally see it being a thing 
Stephen, uh, what the, did you want to say? So the thing I wanted to mention is that, like, we talked about how you always are able to see obstacles in this game. Uh, and, you know, Charlie, you said that you disagreed, and I would be interested to hear some, like, examples. Because, like I said, I only really got through, like, the first, basically, like, eight or nine levels of this game. But, like, the thing that I liked was I was being asked not to read the game's mind and know when to just panic jump. But instead, I was asked, like, if I want to get over this gap or this obstacle, do I need to jump? Do I need to double jump? Do I need to be running? Or do I need to be walking? So there was kind of, like, okay. four options for the most part. And then you can also mix in some other mobility options that I'll talk about in a second. But I enjoyed that significantly more, like, making those judgment calls rather than just having to memorize the level. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that that better captures, like, the neat ideas in, you know, the original three Sonic games, where it's a lot of, like, careful precision platforming and, like, do executing it well feels really good. It's just that in this case, they kind of adjusted the idea to be more about, like, having, like, good thinking on your feet skills as opposed to like just literally memorizing the level mm -hmm. and another thing that I enjoy is like I said you have these other mobility options so like you can homing attack and they often put enemies in places where you'll want to end up being that might be difficult to jump to on your own or they'll put a string of enemies to like move you further than you could otherwise jump and these things have been explored in other 3D Sonic games a lot and they were kind of even explored in Sonic 4 but not yeah. in, like, a compelling way. But I think they're applied here much better. You know, they take you, like, kind of to a place that you can't already see right away, so it's nice to have, like, a little guide to get there. And then they also have, like, some situations where you'll have just, like, 20 enemies in a row and Sonic will, like, hop between them super fast, so it's kind of just fun to have a weird little, like, action segment well, that isn't strictly just running around in a circle. Usually. So, I don't know if you noticed, but there are two different homing attack buttons. Well, yeah, so there's the stomp, and then there's the homing attack. Yeah. And I was actually going to hop, or, like, talk about the stomp in a second, but is there something you wanted to say about it? Well, not really, just I, I got a little confused. Uh, were you guys, you guys used controllers for playing this? Yes. Yeah, I, I used a PS4 controller, and I was playing the Steam version of the game. So on the face buttons, it was, like, the left one that's the stomp, and the right one is the homing attack? Well, you can just use X to homing attack. Well, I you know what I mean by right button, right? Like, I'm saying face what, buttons because Xbox has a different button configuration than a... No, 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 I know, but I'm saying you can use the jump button as the homing attack. Yeah, but, like, so there two, so the bottom button and the right button can both be jump, but the, yeah. the bottom one double jumps and the right one does the homing attack. No, 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 you always double jump if there's nothing to homing attack. Yeah. Okay. And you always homing attack if there is if like there is something to homing attack. And no matter I which could one be you doing something and wrong, actually, and maybe there was something uh, weird about the Wii U version. But like, I never did the homing attack with uh, the bottom button. I would always double jump, and see, A would that, do the homing attack, or the right button would do the that. That sounds ideal because there were so many situations in this game where I was like, I want to double jump, and if it makes me a homing attack, I will not go to the place where I want to go. And then I had to homing attack because if I didn't double jump or homing attack, I would die. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm just not going where I want to go. Yeah. I find that very interesting because I never ran into that issue personally. So, and, and I, I've dissected why, right? And it's, it's because there's something that was frustrating me for a while about this game. And I, I figured out 
it's because the game really cares about momentum. Uh, but I don't think it communicates that very well. Uh, or, or it doesn't facilitate you caring about momentum very well. Uh, you mean like it doesn't literally encourage you to always be going fast? So, I mean, there, there is that. But so, so when you jump, right? However fast you were going when before you jumped, that's how fast horizontally you move when you jump. Even though vertically you always go the same like distance up. Yeah, you have um, the same like time to like the peak of your jump, and then time to the like return to the ground. But there's another thing, which is that the amount of time it takes to go from running to walking is instantaneous but the amount of time it takes to go from walking to running there's an acceleration and so mm, it's not like that big it's definitely not so big compared to other games but but what what would happen is i would hit the run button and the jump button within a short span of time from Ooh, each other because yeah. i'd be like i want a long jump here but there's not enough space for me to get really a running jump and then i would not get the distance i would like need to go and i'd be like okay well see you guys later i so that sounds more just like a judgment error it it definitely is but it took me like actually a couple worlds to pick up the the fact that it works that way because i don't feel like it was as intuitive as as maybe it sounds like it should be so i think and this comes to like another issue that a lot of people have with this game which is that there is a run button and everyone's like why would you put a run button in sonic normally you want to run so make it a walk button which isaiah mentioned i don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was beforehand it, it was on the podcast okay yeah so like isaiah mentioned that he would have preferred a walk button i think that it makes a lot more sense to have like higher activity be mapped to a button it's reminiscent of racing games like a lot of racing games require you to hold down the gas in order to go which like intuitively makes sense and there are some games where you can like turn that off so that you just automatically are accelerating and you have to hold the brake button to decelerate and I don't really like that system because it feels strange to me to not do anything in order to create an action and it feels even stranger to do something to stop action, especially when it's stopping action for the player character. I feel like it makes me feel a lot more engaged with the game and feel like I have a lot more agency when I'm making the character do something by pressing a button. Because the other way around, it kind of feels to me like the idea of guiding a character by pointing the cursor or something, you know? Mm -hmm. It feels more like making a suggestion than having that direct one-to-one -one interaction. And okay. I think that's a purely subjective thing, so I don't think you necessarily need to, like, agree with me or, like, design every other game this way. But I do think that if you frame it in your mind as being similar to a racing game, then it will make sense that there's a gas button, you know? I, I, I definitely think... I, it's a decision that, to me, makes more sense the more I play the game, because there's also... Uh, there's, a, there's a parkour system, which is just a fancy way of saying Sonic can run up walls. Um, up or and along. He, yeah, up up or along walls. And he only does that if you're holding the, the run button. So if, if you're about to collide with something and you don't feel like running up it, uh, it will actually be faster to release the run button, walk around it, and then continue running. Yeah. Um, but So, like, the momentum in this game is sometimes weird, though, because you slow down if you turn. Uh, and so, like... 
I feel like I want to be going max speed, but then I have to turn in order to, like, travel the path that I need to go, and then I slow down. And because I slow down, I can't really jump as far. Uh, and so it sort of is a cascade of, of things that don't feel right as I'm playing the game. In my experience, when I needed to turn because I wanted to get onto a different path, there was usually either a spring or an enemy for me to homing attack to. Yeah. And then when you homing attack and get launched either off of a spring or to an enemy, and then you keep running on the ground, you get back to max speed pretty fast if you're not already at it. I don't remember exactly how the momentum feels, but I don't remember it feeling as bad as it sounds like you're describing. So mm. it makes me wonder if you, like, got off track of the path or, like like somehow made a like a gameplay error and then you had to course correct and that's why it felt weird i mean i think i think for me it boils down to not having a thorough understanding of the systems but the systems don't feel like they don't feel like physics right because sonic's rate of acceleration max speed all of that stuff doesn't really and and, and the rate at which he falls as well doesn't feel like real physics um, i mean like and, and I don't think they it has to, right? They don't ever in Sonic, to me, feel like real <laughs> physics. That would be really bad. Yeah, but like, but but it doesn't feel analogous to real physics either. Um, what? Okay. Like, okay, so in Sonic Adventure, right, you, you rise in the air when you jump at a certain speed, and then you fall at a certain speed, and that those two things feel like they're constant with each other, right? that also happens in this game it feels i don't know it feels it feels funky like it feels like the rate comes up must come down that's all i'm saying (laughs) the rate at which you rise is like the amount of time you're rising and the speed at which you're rising and then the speed at which you fall are like completely different from each other are you saying like you go up slower than you drop you go up slowly, but then also over a longer amount of time than it takes for you to accelerate from zero horizontal speed to downward, like terminal velocity. What the hell are you talking about? What I'm saying is the physics in this game are really, to me, unintuitive. I never felt like I made an error because I misunderstood my jump bar. I was doing that all the time. Yeah, okay. I mean... how? How often did you transition between running and walking? Uh, often. Okay, not, Charlie, how often did you... Not a lot, because I like running because it's a Sonic game. Okay, so I also was running nearly constantly, and I think that that might have been a result of like why you felt that the jump physics were weird, Isaiah, because like you said, you jump... Like, you go up and down the same whether you're running or walking, but your horizontal momentum obviously is like drastically different. Yeah. Would you, would you say that's like a reasonable well, And and so so I'm thinking about it now and I think the issue is I expect my rate of acceleration like like I expect to accelerate in the air the same way I accelerate on the ground, which is which not is the case. Tr- which is the case if you're walking though. And that's the that's you do you hear the problem? No, I don't, because, like, obviously, if you're running, you're, like, you're... So, okay. If you run in real life, and then you jump, like, you're gonna get roughly the same air as if you're 
just like jumping in place. Like obviously they won't be exactly the same, and if you're like a trained in place or running jumper, they'll be drastically different because they use slightly different muscles. But for the layperson, like it's not gonna feel that different. It's it it just it feels strange. And like I think it's I think it's one of those things where I just need to like understand it and get used to it. And then I can feel like I'm mastering it. Isn't that but, also how... Sorry, go ahead. But but until then, it just, like, isn't, isn't fully pleasant. Doesn't Meat Boy's jump arc never change, whether you're moving quickly or not? Uh, so, Meat Boy's... Okay, so, so Meat Boy's, like, acceleration in the air is different from the acceleration on the ground, but it's not zero like it is in Sonic Lost World. What do you mean um, zero? So, okay, so when you're... Because you, the thing you said doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> so the, the, the physics for in the air in Meat Boy is different from on the ground, specifically in the way that there is no friction in the air. Well, but what I'm saying is that when, like, Meat Boy's jump height never changes whether you are moving or not, right? Yeah. And that is the same as this game. Yes, but the jump width changes drastically, whereas in Meat Boy it doesn't necessarily. Well, I mean, obviously if you're not moving at all and you jump straight up, your width will be zero. Okay, so so if you if you jump and then while you're at the peak of your jump arc, hit to the right... Uh, when you hit the ground... Your acceleration is the exact same as... Yes. At any other point in your jump arc. Yeah. Versus, like, and on the ground, your acceleration is the same as well. Yeah. Whereas in Sonic Lost World, your acceleration on the ground is completely different from your acceleration in the air. Right, because Sonic cannot run in midair. I mean, look, it makes physical sense in that way, but it feels unintuitive because it's so drastically different from every video game I've ever played except for Super Mario Bros. 1. What? Also, there are tons of platformers where when you jump, you can't control your mid-air movement. Actually, uh, the speed-up sections in Sonic 06 are like that. Well, that's not what I was talking about at all, but sure. I, but what I mean is that this game is clearly designed like differently than 3D Sonic games, so I think yes. it would be a little strange to expect it to play that way. And I also think that like the issue that you're describing there only really comes up if you do a lot of like standing still and jumping, which you're clearly not supposed to do at at least any <laughs> of the points that I like look, reached. Look, I will fully agree with you that I've been playing the video game wrong. But okay. <laughs> playing the video game wrong has come from a misunderstanding of the way that I should be playing the game. And I believe that that reflects on the game's ability to be intuitive or able to convey itself. How would you rather have had the game tell you that you should usually be running? Uh, so, I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. I, I don't think that that invalidates <laughs> your point, but I was really hoping you would have an example. I, it, look... I wish I had an example as well, because because I also think uh, this game doesn't this game doesn't tell you how to play it at all, and like I Thank thought God. I would love that. I was doesn't. so happy. I thought I would love that, but I actually like the first two levels. I was like, I literally don't know how to so play. So it this doesn't game. tell you at all. Yeah, not even a little bit. Okay, there weren't like control prompts really. I think I know yeah. why. Because in the Wii uh. U version, you'll get like something that shows up on the screen, 
and you'll kind of like wonder what it is because you're supposed what you're supposed to do is tap like the question mark icon on the gamepad. Oh yeah. Oh my god. So here's the thing: those question marks appeared, but in order to activate them, I had to hit a button, and I did not know which button to hit. And if I hit the wrong button, they would disappear. Good port, guys. So I I accidentally. Like, despite my intentions, skipped all of the tutorials. I mean, I can't really blame you. Because I didn't I, know how to play the tutorials. I also, like, want to be as clear as possible. I had never played this game up until this point. Yeah. Uh, so I booted it up to make sure it would run, but I did not even finish the first level. Uh, I hadn't, <laughs> like, played this game a lot, and I immediately interfaced with the controls, as far as I can tell, exactly the way they wanted me to. Okay. I pushed about four buttons, and then Omochao told me I could run along the wall once, and everything was good. I, I struggled with the controls for the entire first world. Yeah, I did not have that experience at all, so I, I don't know. To me, it felt like the level, the first level was really good at giving you, like, a laundry list of things that you'll need to do for the rest of the game, but in, like, an easy way. Yeah. And I was really glad the game didn't tell me, like, hold R2 to move faster. It Hi, just like I'm your put... friend Omochao. If <laughs> it just... you want to do well in this game, there are three things you should know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but like what it did and said was it put this like little bell in front of me and then I hit the bell and it ran away from me and I was like, oh my god, I have to go get that. And I learned every single <laughs> I thing. Do, I do really like the bell. In like the, the first in the first zone specifically, that bell moves way too slowly, but aside from that I'm all in on the bell. Well, and that's good because it teaches you that this game is gonna like demand some like things that you maybe weren't expecting from you. Like yeah. you have to like, you know, keep the pace that the game wants. And you can run past the bell and it feels weird, but if you do like a little circle, you just you get the bell and then you keep chasing after it, because that bell is flying over like falling platforms that you need to run over. Yeah. So it's not like the game is telling you not to run, it's just saying like run and then wait for a little bit, and it's not so long of a wait to make it feel like Marble Zone from yeah. friggin' the first Sonic. I definitely agree with that. And I really liked the bell because it was this new thing that I had not experienced before. It was very enticing, it had a nice little <laughs> jingle to it, it stood out against everything else around it, it and was then very when you pleasant. Yeah, and it's like a fun surprise because you have no idea what's gonna happen, and then when you finish the task a red ring appears, and you're like, oh, neat, okay. Because <laughs> it's like, you already know that these things are, in, like, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but they're, like, compelling because they're, like, the yeah. collectible. Well, I think the bell is also a great tutorial on the existence of red rings because you could totally miss all of the red rings up to that point, but that bell is right in your face, so you yeah. want to grab it, and then once you do, you get a red ring, and then it shows you, hey, you got the, the third or fourth red ring in the in the stage. Uh, and now you immediately know, hey, they show me these rings in the order they exist in the stage. Yeah, and there's also another little gimmick like this that appears in the first level, which is the rings that are numbered five to one. Like, you have to collect five, four, three, two, and then one. And if you do that, you also get a red ring. And it functions fairly similarly to, similarly to the bell, except that you see the full task in front of you, so you can plan yeah. in your head how you're going to do it. So it's nice that they do the bell where you learn things sort of one at a time, and at the end they like show you that you have to climb up a tree by using the parkour mechanic, which is yeah. nice. I thought and they then, just gave you a one-up. I thought they gave you a ring, but I could be wrong. But either way, like they still serve the same purpose, which is to like show you a path, and then you yeah. have to determine how to go about like following that path. I think I think those two things 
like very nicely add to the to the world like in the in the level design yeah i i think they did a great job with the first level trying to like show you all the things that you can and will have to do in this game and then another fun thing about that level is the first time you play it you're probably not going to get any wisp powers but the second time that you play it if you start exploring more and like you go to the underside of some of these cylinders that's where they hide like the laser power-ups yeah so this stage also features like the first instance of wisps right away, but you have to be a little explorative. Yeah, I'm, they're not in your face as much. They kind of get yeah. more, like the the what is it, the magenta rhythm or whatever it is. Like that one's kind of a requirement, but yeah, so is drill in some oh, cases. Oh yeah, drill too. Um, d- but you guys figured out what button you're supposed to press for the wisp, though. Yeah, because that was another thing triangle? that you're supposed to like tap, but like. There was no prompt for it, I don't think. So it turns out in the options menu, uh, you can just see a picture that is, here's the Xbox controller with but like activities mapped to the buttons. And I was like, yeah. I guess I'm just memorizing this. Because mm. like, I can't what? learn them one at a time, clearly. What? Uh, I, I am so like befuddled at the idea of you not being able to know what the four buttons in this game are. <laughs> there are... There are a lot of buttons. There are like... At least six buttons, which I'm, I know is okay. It's not very surprising so for a Sonic game. Larger than four. So here's the deal: there is jump and homing attack, which are mapped to the same button on the Steam version. Yeah. Alternatively, you can hit the right button, but I think it also just still jumps and homing attacks. There is the stomp button, which is, to my understanding, completely unnecessary. So you don't even really have to deal yeah. with it. But if you would like to, it's also that, the crawl button. Uh, yes, <laughs> which is truly meaningless, but very funny. <laughs> And then, I I really was hoping that there was a way to do like a kick like in in uh, like a, a slide kick you know um, because there are tons of times in the game where I'm like I want to like hit this enemy but I don't want to like homing attack and lose all of my momentum so I'd rather don't. slide Just into them jump on them um, also by the way uh, <laughs> I don't think you got to them but there are tons of enemies later in the game that if you try to attack them uh, you just can't. Well, yeah, like, that's a thing from, like, Sonics 1, 2, and 3 as well. But here's the thing. You will homing attack them. Like like the crab, right? If you homing attack the crab, he hits you, and then you might get stunlocked and die, like I did the first time I interacted with the crab. Um, uh, okay, is are you supposed to homing attack them from the back, or are you supposed to stomp them? You're supposed to stomp I, them. I okay, ended up so just yeah. avoiding them entirely. But then, Isaiah, I think you just didn't know how to play this. But game. here's the thing: combine that with my previous issue of wanting to do a second jump and not a homing attack, and then I have no choice but to homing attack directly into a crab that will damage me. Well, yeah, the game necessitates bad. combat. Like, there's no, there's no problem with necessitating combat. It, like, I do think that it's slightly problematic that they didn't explain to you how the stomp worked. Yeah. But like. I don't know. This game is obviously a little bit about ex- exploration, so it would make sense to me to if I found that enemy and I homing attacked them, I would be like, oh, well, maybe I should like homing stomp instead. And also, the homing stomp is super cool, so the way that works is normally if you hit the left face button or whatever it is on the Wii U, um, Sonic will like immediately drop to the ground. It's just like in Sonic Unleashed. You just have like a quick drop, and then you can get to running again. But if you do that while you have a hom- homing reticle on, Instead of just bouncing into one enemy and then bouncing along the rest of them in a string, Sonic will, like, slam into the enemy, stop in midair, and then do, like, a roundhouse kick and send that enemy flying forward, and you can destroy other enemies in the path, as well as, like, I I believe there are, like, 
things that you can break with the enemies, but I don't remember it specifically. Uh, so here's a fun fact. Uh, I did not know you could do this. Uh, yeah, that became incredibly obvious when you said that there was a crab that you just couldn't beat. <laughs> because I, without having ever gotten to that part, was like, oh, I bet you have to do I, this. I did not know about this ability that Sonic had. That and probably would have made an entire world much easier. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think that it would necessarily be wrong to say that it's like a dubious design choice to not tell the players what the buttons do. But I was just so goddamn glad that I got to figure out how things worked instead of having Omochao tell me what to do with my life. And and there is, I think, there's a philosophical difference between you and me because I don't tend to enjoy exploration. <laughs> You're in a lost world, my dude. <laughs> like, okay. No so, one else found it before you. More like a lost cause. <laughs> wow. More like just cause. So, like, in games that are like, yeah, you have to explore in order to, like, get the most out of this game, I go, okay, so this game is not for me. I will not get the most out of this game. That's so... That, like, feels lazy to me. <laughs> I, like... I mean, it's, it's, it's not just in video games. It's also in other things. Um, like, uh... Something a, a problem that I have with uh, writing music is that in order to get more familiar with my like the instruments I have access to, I have to like experiment with them. Uh, but I don't really do that. So wait, you just don't like science? Well, I like uh, when someone else tells you about science. I like problem solving, but I don't like problem finding. Problem finding? Isaiah, the problems found you. You just didn't solve them. He doesn't like problems. I mean, How do you feel about math, yeah, Isaiah? I don't like problems. <laughs> How do I feel about feel... what? About math. Uh, I like math. Are you sure? You That's feel... a lot of problem solving. Math has no exploration whatsoever. <laughs> That's complete bullshit, and you know it. I'm sure my uh, boyfriend hey, would have a few things telling... to say to you. Steven, are you telling gotta... me that imaginary numbers are not something to be explored? Imaginary numbers are something for other people to explore and for me to solve. Isaiah, you're like math Solve has for no exploration. <laughs> I don't uh, even know where I'm going with this anymore. Y equals four uh, x plus seven. Uh, also, y <sighs> equals. Okay, where are we so... on the docket? I think we. I think we need to move on. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> the collectibles. Uh, I don't think we necessarily need to move on from gameplay, but we certainly need to get past Isaiah's problem-solving problem. <laughs> I like. I don't know. It's there's a spin dash we too. Can... We talk about that. Yeah, there's a uh, spin dash. No, we did not get to the spin dash, as a matter of fact. Like, cool, also, that's back. Out, like, uh, I mean, it is want. a little helpful. Apparently, I think there's it's... like a mini achievement for like doing a spin dash for more than two seconds. Yeah, it's just like one of the things that you have to do to get like an Omochao item. And I got but... that by like spin dashing through a tube. <laughs> it counts. I think that... Sonic's abilities in this game are put to much better use than they have been in previous entries where they only really emphasized one or two of the abilities. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think in this game, the decision to, you know, do like the drop kick and, or do like the homing kick instead of the homing attack is nice. And the decision to like spin dash versus jump onto an enemy versus double jump over an enemy versus homing attack. Like all these neat little questions are like nicer. And I think that it's cool that they let you see, you know, the problems ahead of you, like I mentioned earlier. And you've got all these different variety of options to assess the situation and I do think that that could be overwhelming if you were not taught like very carefully and slowly how to use them 
like assuming you're not interested in experimenting with them on the fly. However, I will say that it feels much more like Sonic's personality to experience things on the fly rather than have like Tails read him a like manual on how to use his own body. <laughs> it says here to hit the B button to jump. Right, like doesn't that sound like bullshit when you think about it in the context of Sonic? <laughs> okay, Tails. <laughs> I'm gonna try, say. buddy. <laughs> Uh, I do think, though, that that's, like, pretty much all I want to say about the gameplay. Other than that, I just really enjoyed it. I was, earlier today, I was like, man, if only there was, like, something you could do to, like, hit an enemy but, like, stay on the ground immediately afterwards and, like, get your momentum back. Turns I, out there is a way to do that. It's called uh, half of the buttons on the right side of the controller. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's you, like... <laughs> So, in this game, you can collect red rings. I don't know what they actually do, but they're still just as fun to collect as they anything else. They unlock more levels and tents, which I didn't bother going to. I okay. think there's so much more interesting to collect in this game than in colors. I would agree off like, off the top of my head without even knowing that they gave me anything. Uh, well, you get, so, you get red rings in colors. That's Yes, but we're saying they are better in this game. Oh, you know what? The are... tents are probably how you get Chaos Emeralds because you can go super later in, like, stages, too. So Yeah. There might be some kind of special stage, which probably could I talk about if we were smart. Well, I mean, it's, like, it was out of the way enough that we didn't bother with it, which is how a lot of the things in earlier games worked. Uh, yeah. I guess, but we we always seem to talk about them, which is why I was kind of, hmm. Yeah, if but you, if you as collect... I've mentioned before this is not a podcast where we play the entire game this is a podcast where we look at games and talk about them so if we didn't get to that part we don't talk about it uh if you collect all the red rings in a stage then like instead of showing five red ring slots in a stage select it'll show you one big red ring with like some like decoration the over leaves it. on it yeah yeah uh which i think is neat i um, also think that they're hidden in places that make it more encouraging to experience the full breadth of a level yeah. as opposed to Sonic Colors where it was more like hey did you do this thing 30 seconds earlier in the level then you get a red ring otherwise play the level again and do the same thing again but make like one better jump I, I definitely think it's I, I think it plays to the strength of Lost World which is number one like replayability and seeing alternate routes uh, and then when they're not necessarily in alternate routes, like in the 2D sections, the alternate routes feel like challenge routes rather than yeah. like exploration routes. And so then those red rings are, did you like accomplish the thing to get the red ring? And so in both cases, they feel rewarding, but in different ways. Whereas and also in, in colors, well, it's more about predicting where the bullshit will be. Well, yeah. And like the challenge ones during the 2D segments are also ones where you can turn around and retry getting the ring usually. Yeah. I'm sure there are some where you can't, just there, like there by are, principle. <laughs> there are enough where you can't to be like, yeah, you can't always. Uh, but it's it's a lot more forgiving than I ever expected it to be. Yeah, because colors and like the analogous objects in a leash are pretty unforgiving. Yeah, unleashed is especially unforgiving. Yeah, so I was really refreshed by this game because it felt like I was being rewarded like more readily. I feel like. Colors does a thing, maybe I'm thinking of DS Colors, but it does a thing where it'll show you a red ring and is like, if you can see this, it's already too late to collect it. Yeah, exactly. You have to do a thing 30 seconds before you see the ring, and then when you see the ring, you'll know what you had to do 30 seconds ago. Yeah. It's like, it's infuriating. 
Uh, I do want to say one last thing about the wisps. Uh, did either of you run into this problem where in order to collect wisps, you can't walk into them, but you can't homing attack them either? You have to uh, just jump into them? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either, especially since they're pretty small capsules, like even compared to sonic colors. I will say, you can also stomp them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to be a ball, basically. But the thing, like, they they just function exactly like the monitors from Sonic 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, which but the monitors clearly... were also pretty well sized. And also, like, in games with monitors and homing attacks, you can homing attack the monitors. Yeah. Well, there are no games with monitors and homing attacks. Sonic uh, 4. Sonic Adventure that's 1 not a, 2. That's not a video game. <laughs> also, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 don't have monitors, they have capsules. Uh, well, these wisps are also wisp capsules. Uh, Sonic Generation for 3DS, you can homing attack monitors. That's really weird and probably true, but in the real version of the game, you can't. <laughs> did you Jesus. just call? Did you seriously call the <laughs> HD version the real version? I mean, it is. Like, I well, it's you, better, you it's, always it's, chastise it's, me for calling something the real version when it's like <laughs> arbitrary. You can't do this, yeah, Steven. It's it's like I'm You're, a hypocrite this, or something. Oh, you can just just say this is dumb that you can't homie attack the damn capsules in this game. I I think All you I'm should say. Okay, is, I think that this think. design choice is specifically like a reference to the fact that you that it is it is like that. a pretty dumb design choice considering you can homing attack literally everything else. Yeah. I don't think it's that I did not experience it as much of a problem myself. It's a minor thing, but it's it's it definitely like it's a minor thing, but it's a minor thing that comes up at like roughly it's once. It's a, a mild level. inconvenience. If they had made them a bit bigger, I would have tolerated, but it's just like they're about the same size as Sonic, right? Yeah, but yeah, but Sonic's very tiny. In the, I, he in takes the scope up, of the large world. The, yeah, sorry, it's the, the lost with world. the scope of the large world, it's just I, I think know. I think you should just collect them when you walk into them. Yeah, it's, like they it's shouldn't so they simple. shouldn't have like a like a collision hitbox. You should just travel through them and then they get collected like in every other game with them. I I would agree that this seems like a minor convenience. However, I don't think it like meaningfully impacted my gameplay experience. I'm just it, I'm just petty complaining. I think. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna now. Okay, now that we're. Now that we're, <laughs> God, we've been going for a while. Let's finally get to the world structure. So, so this game is sort of divided into a bunch of different. I call them worlds, but I don't think they get uh, actual like a, a term for it. And they're just like different environments, right? They're they're called zones. Are, no, but but like each world has four zones. Oh, you're right, you're right. It gets confusing. Like, I would call them zones if the word zone wasn't taken. Because, like, it's not like zones and acts. Yeah, you're, hold on, you're right. Let me see if I, let me see if the game does have any term for it. I'm going to boot it up real quick. Okay. Uh, but continue with your thought. Uh, but each, each world has four zones. And what's really interesting to me is a lot of them, like, their environments are just not the same as the environment that, like, the rest of the zones are set in. Yeah. But they sort of they sort of play with what's been introduced conceptually. That is true. At face value, it's very generic. Cause it's like I'm looking at new the new Super Mario Brothers uh like level select. Yeah. Cause you got grass, desert, beach, 
ice, forest, sky, <laughs> and I guess like a volcano-ish area later. Yeah. Like those are all just new Super Mario Brothers worlds. It's it's in, a in little the daunting. Same order. But like uh, like also, almost the same uh, order. But like it's I can forgive it because they do introduce level variety. Like you've got casino in the snow level. You've got You've uh, got uh, a beehive so in the desert level. My favorite level in the whole thing is Desert Ruins Zone 3, because when you boot it up, like the there's a splash screen that shows you the title of the area that you're in, which in this case is Desert Ruins. But for this level specifically, they have one gag that, as far as I know, doesn't show up at any point before or after, where they put like the little carrot symbol and then an S, so that it's Desert Ruins yeah. instead of Desert Ruins. It's and really it made good. me smile so much that I completely ignored the fact that it didn't make sense where it was. <laughs> It just like that that zone has no environment. It's just abstract space full of like donuts. It's like they really yeah. they had like, this really cool concept for a level and they didn't know where to put it, so they just like, okay, we'll put it in the desert and make a pun out of it or whatever. I, I well, completely it, forgive them, by the way. I don't it also feels like really cartoony, which is on brand for this game. Yeah. Like a lot of the levels are like silly concepts, like the beehive is in the desert. And, like, initially that doesn't quite make sense, but, like, it is super yellow, so it just fits the, yeah. like, palette. Yeah. Honestly, it feels like a scrapped uh, sweet mountain level from colors. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. And, and like, I, I feel like, for the most part, the levels seem to just be, like, palettes based on the areas they're around. And I don't necessarily mind that. Yeah. I think I think it, it ends up making every zone unique. Which is yeah. good. Uh, yeah, definitely because better it, than... it starts generically, and then it goes in different and memorable places. Uh, but uh, every second zone ends in, like, a, a mini-boss fight with this, this game's villain, the hard-boiled heavies. Uh, no, that's um, not right. The Deadly I... Six. Yes. Yeah, good, good one. Are we, is, it, is this the point where we should just talk about them? I, yeah, I guess the cat's out of the bag. Huh? No, sorry, I meant the Koopalings. <laughs> There's only six of them. Oh, also, I wanted, to make, I wanted to make a note that while these are, like, the same levels from, like, New Super Mario Bros., they're also the same levels from every, like, platformer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, like, I I think it might be fine to give credit to, like, I, like maybe Mario 3. Yeah. But... I don't think the credit should be given to New Super Mario Bros. Because that <laughs> game is literally just like, uh, in my opinion, like an uninspired rehash of the same tropes from every single game. That's true. So I, I think that like while Sonic the Lost World didn't explore new territory with its level themes, I do think that the individual zones like actually bring, they each bring something interesting to the table. Sure. It's, it's weird too, because like I don't think of early Sonic environments as being generic uh, no. Even though they tend to be, here's the grass level, here's the desert level. Uh, they're tropey, the but they're level. not like well, so and bare I think, bones. I think that the strength of the Sonic games is that, especially in the earlier ones, you have a slight spectrum from natural and ancient to modern and like technological, industrial, well, yeah, and, industrial, and industrialized. Yeah, because they take these natural spaces like a desert and they make it into like an oil rig. Yeah, you know? that's true. Um, so, that 
I those ideas make it feel a lot fresher than like other games takes on it you know i think this environment feels more generic because of the hub because on the hub you go oh this is the grass level this is the desert level etc but then when you get into the zones they try to be a lot more special in the way that we see pass on a games trying to be more special well, and something else that I kind of like about them is that it feels like you are visiting specific landmarks on this larger mass. Sure. And I think that's actually kind of interesting in and of itself because it's like, there's this whole ecosystem and you're just going to like the wildest spots right. to free the animals. Something that I think could help would be the map design because it's more or less just a straight line. Yeah. But like it's all hexagon hexagonal, but like... It would have been cool if it had like a kind of a globe trotting look to it. Like yeah, how and the like more thing looks itself. Yeah, and like give it more side nodes so that you felt more like you were exploring a world rather than walking along a path. But I yeah. guess granted, it appears more flat as they get closer in the opening cutscene. But like, I don't know. The map is a little uninspired for my taste. And although uh, I did enjoy just kind of looking around at some of the like little things they put in the background, it still was just kind of like. Yeah, it's here. It's what do you? Yeah. What else do you want? The hub. It felt the hub like is sort the... of like. It doesn't really add that much, in and my opinion. I don't know. It it feels like it was trying a bit more than Sonic Colors, but Sonic Colors just kind of felt okay to me, just because well, it was I, just, a, I guess, a, a background. By the I way, Charlie, the you're here... a little bit. Oh God, am I too? Am I too... Oh, am I popping? Yeah, just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I need a, I should have put a filter on. I think that, like, the bigger issue here is that this feels right between a more fully fleshed out hub world and a <coughs> just strict level select menu. Yeah. It feels like there should be more and there's not quite, but there's just enough that you're like, well, this seems kind of odd. Like, why didn't they go the full, you know, the yeah. full way with it? I, and I think that if they had more things like the Knights level that pops up every once in a while, which may or, I don't know if that was DLC or not. I think it was. It was DLC. Okay. But for the Steam version, it's just there by default. And I think that's kind of neat because it gives you a reason to like look around every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Omo Chow, you can also find, and like you were talking about, Charlie, there are tents. So there are a few of these things, but it would be nice if there were maybe some like right. side missions to do that you could walk to yeah. or other like maybe you could talk to knuckles or amy or something i was gonna like, say i would love any opportunity for characters to interact with each other yeah because that yeah. was what was fun about colors ds was you had those little extra nodes where you could talk to characters that we just haven't seen in a while so that would have been right fun. and like knuckles and amy are in this game but they just kind of appear on like sonic's world like every now and then to like tell them what's happening but it's i mean you know it's just that thing of the newer sonic games just not including everyone as much anymore yeah, it's definitely, like, sad to see them be, like, reduced to this point. Yeah. But uh, I kind of understand it. And I think that one thing they did exceptionally well with this game is make Sonic feel more effective, like, ability-wise. Because he can kind of do the thing Knuckles does, where when he hits a wall, he climbs up it. It's yeah. just not to the exact same extent. And you get the vertical boost that you would have gotten from playing his tails with, like, the double jump. I, so I don't feel as at a loss when it comes to like, oh, I wish I could play as someone else so I could do these other things. So I've, I've felt Sonic's personality change a little bit over the past, like, couple years worth of games. Yeah. Where he goes from, like, 
cocky to confident, if that makes sense. Like, like it's a subtle difference, but I feel like current Sonic is, like, kind of chill. Yeah, and I think that's, like, somehow... I don't know, that feels like it's in contradiction to the slowly becoming more like a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Although I guess maybe it's more like a, you know, 2000s cartoon as opposed to a, like, 90s, 80s cartoon where yeah. the protagonists are all complete jackasses. <laughs> but, like, I, I feel like it complements Sonic's increased abilities mechanically. Like, yeah, it's there's almost not as like much he's becoming focus. more mature without actually becoming more mature. <laughs> yeah, and it's not as heavily focused on just running as fast as you can. Yeah. It's more nuanced. Um. Uh, but yeah, so every, every second and fourth zone, uh, you fight one of the deadly six. And it's, it's the same, it's the same member, uh, in zone two as in zone four. And like... Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got confused. And, like, the fight is usually a little bit different, but not that much different. Yeah. Uh, for for example, because the word zone was probably confusing, in the first four levels of the game, which take place in a forest area, you fight the tall boy Pinky Pants, yeah. and you fight him in the second level, and then the fourth level is when you have a real fight. And then during the desert level, or the desert world... You fight in the second level, like, fat guy that likes food a lot. And then in the fourth level, you fight him for real. They also do uh. a thing where in the zones where you're going to fight them, they just kind of yell at you as you travel to the boss fight. Yeah, they're like, I love eating hedgehogs or something. Just like just like a, at key points in the level, they'll say a key lion. Yeah, and they'll they talk in the background. If you die, they say the same thing at every spot, so yeah. you will be hearing it a lot if you are not. But, but also, when I was... like, they don't have enough character traits to make that feel worthwhile. Uh, oh, no, not at all. Like, the large place. man's bit is just that he likes eating. That's his only character trait. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that's every single line he tells is, like, I'm going to eat you for dinner. Yeah, you've got the you got, you got pink Zaz, who's crazy. And you know, homicidal. Sorry, I was. He, he's something. he's like he's like crazy, but in a safe for children way. So he's yeah. more <laughs> annoying than like actually homicidal. Yeah. Z Z and yellow big one Zomom. He's gonna. He wants to vor Sonic and literally any food he has. <laughs> I'm also wondering, like, he clearly went to a donut store to get those donuts. So where was the donut store? Maybe he just picked them up off the ground from desert he, ruins. He had a bat. Oh, well, I guess that's true. That that's uh, that is within game logic. Um, <laughs> He's just actually eating an ecosystem. Why do you think they became ruins? Oh my god! <laughs> then you have a light blue uh, Zick, who is like the teacher of all of them, who is a little, a little too on the stereotypical Asian master, Chinese master type deal. It is a cartoon, so we yeah. would be remiss not to have a weird racist thing. <laughs> and then uh, later... That is not to say that I justify this. You fight a green Xena whose personality trait is that she is, in fact, a girl. Yeah, every... <laughs> it feels like every, like, ragtag group of villains with a unique, like, color and personality thing has one female character whose only trait is that, like, she wears lipstick and is vain. And then you yeah, have she's uh, way worse than even Amy. Yeah. Then you have a 
purple Zor who is a nihilist emo. <laughs> I I I, I kind of like him. Uh, His design is the most compelling out of all of them, probably. Yeah. And then you got uh, Big Red Zavok, the the leader of the bunch. You wish you didn't know him well, because they I keep bringing him so... back to kick some tail. He's got a thing <laughs> where like he has like a lower jaw that just seems like it's for show because his actual mouth is behind it. And I oh, I think you that's... mean that his like underbite isn't real. His underbite isn't real, and I kind of like that. His design is yeah. very much like ooh, he's kind of Bowser, but not. I don't, I don't know about that. It seems more that he's just, like, kind of a colorful blob that is meant to be somewhat menacing because he's the only one with, like, a rational body type that is just slightly exaggerated. Yeah. He's, uh, well, he's I guess, big, like, the lady... boy. Yeah. I, I guess the lady also has, like, a regular human body type, roughly, but... Oh, yeah, that's for sure. She is not meant to be intimidating in the way that this guy is. This guy is clearly meant to be, like, human-shaped, but bigger and scarier. Yeah. He's got horns. I think he's got horns and like he has like choker bracelets, and I, well, I they think that's Bowser. That, I I think that is where the Bowser comparison kind of ends. Other than he's large, but I don't think but Bowser has a monopoly like, on being large. That's I mean, there's a lot no. of things in it, but like, it's 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 just different enough that it's not too bad. But you know, What's, it's just it's, weird because like I don't. I don't think that like that comparison is crazy by any means, but I never would have come to that conclusion myself. Same here. Uh, I listen. I'm in a group of friends who <laughs> who in real time were burned by that game. So here's here's the thing. Well, if you're gonna say bad things about this game, I think that's fine. However, the comparison to Mario to me like ends at a. It's a fucking platformer. So yes, it's gonna be kind of like the father of all platformers. Yeah. And. B, you do run around spheres occasionally, yeah. which you could compare to Mario Galaxy, but I think that's also kind of stupid because that game does not have Monopoly on spheres. Well, and, and remember, what's interesting... Remember Sonic Adventure 2 did it first. It did. <laughs> what's yeah. interesting to me is I, like, I would compare the Deadly Six to the Koopalings, like, as a unit, uh, but aside from uh, the the one girl character in each group, I don't think any individual one is analogous to any individual one. Yeah, I don't well, think no, any I... of the Koopalings is a nihilist. I would also say that <laughs> Maybe these Ludwig. guys have more personality than the Koopalings did at the very least in their debut appearance, if not any point since then. I, I agree with that. Uh, it is It is strange to me, though, that they were like, hey, you know a franchise that is like like known for its anthropomorphic animals what if we just had people like what if we had characters that weren't that but they weren't humans either they were just something else and they were they're colorful like, they're like vague demon power rangers <laughs> yeah they're like yeti but they're spelled with a z even though they're kind of yeti in the snow level there's a lot of like there is an interesting amount of like of um a fauna in this game, like not even, yeah. I'm not talking about like the flickies and the tiny animals. Like, there's, I, I hate the freaking giant earthworms in the desert level. Those things I do not like. Oh yeah, I don't like them both because their design is probably one of the least visually pleasing things in the entire game, and also <laughs> their insta kills during the 2D segments were oh. a bit much to handle. Yeah, but they're like yeah, that... sheep in the first world. There's yeti in the third world, and there's owls in the fifth world. That level, yeah. by the way, was way above its place in the difficulty curve, in my opinion. 
I only really felt that for one of the 2D segments, but I would agree with you that I think there were improvements to be made there. Yeah. Um, it, it is weird just kind of having... And it's also weird because, like, you have to homing attack the Zeddy in the boss fight, so it, it feels weird that you're, like, attacking these biological creatures. Yeah. Yeah, because that feels very against what Sonic is about. Like, even in, like, the Bio-Lizard fight in uh, Sonic Adventure 2, you're, like, attacking, like, a life support system, like, a, a technological thing. It, you know, Chaos was just a, a bottle of water, so... <laughs> well, and those things were Minus actively... Those things were actively about to destroy the planet in some capacities. I mean, the I mean, Zeddy are chaos... kind of doing that. Well, yeah, I don't know. I didn't get to that part, so I don't know exactly how they function. But it's very clear that Chaos is, like, the god of the destruction. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Bio-Lizard is obviously, like, a part of this greater scheme relating to Dr. Eggman. Yeah. Whereas, from what I can tell, the, the Zeddies... There is... Is, is that really but, what they're called? Yeah. Wow, by, okay. By the time you fight any living creature like in the Sonic Adventure games, you are given enough context to want to fight them. Yeah. Well, and, like, in the case of Chaos, they are an otherworldly being. Yeah. They're not, like, this very natural, recognizable thing. Well, so, like, xenophobia kicks in pretty quick. But even even before you fight Z uh, Chaos, there's a scene where police shoot it, and then the bullets just fall out. I, okay... I thought you were going to say that because the police shoot it, we're meant to, like, believe that it's the bad guy. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to be very careful about uh, how I introduced the police to this scene. <laughs> Sonic certainly wasn't careful with how they handled the police. Oh so we gosh. are, like, immediately shown, like, exactly the, the nature of chaos, if not necessarily the intent of chaos. Yeah. Which I think is cool. Yeah. And in this case, you're just beating up, like, big boys, I guess, right? Yeah. Another weird thing is just, like, when you do attack them, they still kind of make the broken robot noise. <laughs> they, they, like, they make the punk. Yeah. It's just... It's very I... weird. Also, uh, another sound design choice that kind of weirds me out when you first fight Zomom. When he pats his belly, it kind of sounds like a basketball. Yeah, it makes, like, a... Too, it's like too sharp of a sound. Oh yeah, that's that's soft. the description. Too sharp. Yeah, for like how soft slapping your belly should be. Uh, he's just. Uh, uh, I don't like the Zeddy <laughs> that much. I mean, they're. I I think they're a little interesting, like in theory, but like cartoon and being a little serious where it doesn't work. I don't know. It's. This Anything that tries to take itself seriously that also involves that pink guy is not going to work out well. It, it, it's a little painful. I feel like you might see it more when you watch it. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating. So uh, their names are Zavik, Zaz, Xena, Zik, Zamam, and Zor. Z. They all they all start with Z. And they're, they're Zeddy. Interesting. Do you think that Mr. Rossetti is one of these? Mr. Rossetti? <laughs> Mr. Rossetti. Quit resetting. I do kind of like their boss guy. Yeah. Or at least like what I saw of him. Zavik. Because Eggman, yeah, showed that like he had this weird thing that controlled them. I don't remember exactly exactly how that worked or how it was introduced. But I just remember them working with him, but clearly not being that into it. And that conceptually was fun for me because I was curious to see how they would escape his grasp. Yeah. Uh, and obviously I didn't get that far, but I do like how Eggman was being 
boisterous, but like he was also trying to convince them of how cool he was at the same time. <laughs> Do you want like, to like, just talk about the story? He was like, I control you, but also I want you to like me. Well, I, you'll have to talk about the story in a second, but I just wanted to introduce like the very surface level things that I kind of liked about these guys because there's not much to like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I don't know. Other than that, I was mostly just unimpressed. I thought that their like backstory might be kind of neat. I thought it was cool that there were these life forms that were unlike anything else in the Sonic universe living on this weird lost planet. That was kind of neat conceptually to me. Because I feel like Chaos feels that way. Like, when you start up Sonic Adventure, you're like, what the hell is going on here? But he sort of, like, I don't know how you would put it, but he, like, builds himself into the Sonic lore in a neat way. Yeah. And I was hoping that they could somehow do that with these guys, and I doubt that they managed. Uh, it seems that the answer to that is, yeah, yeah they don't do that. <laughs> so, Charlie, would you like to go on further with, like, the remainder of the story? Yeah, I mean... You know, they, they land the Lost Hex, and you kind of encounter the Zeddy, and the Zeddy are working for Eggman, and you, it's basically shown that he's controlling them with, like, this weird spiky conch. <laughs> That's right. It looks like a like like a mermaid's telephone. <laughs> Can I have something to eat? No. <laughs> Eggman <laughs> just says no. <laughs> no but, big sandwich for you. No. But it's Zamom being like, Can I have something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> I did think that some of the cartoon bits were like kind of funny, but not nearly enough to warrant. I the, I definitely the think this game is a lot funnier than Colors, but yeah, I still I, don't think it's as funny as it's as it wants to be. You know what? I or guess it, it is because it doesn't be. have as much cringe as Baldy nose hair. They do. <laughs> they do actually call Eggman Baldy McNose hair at the start of the game. Yeah, but, so, I think the idea of Sonic doing that is more fun than the idea of an alien doing that and Sonic liking it by accident. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It, it's not, like, ideal either way, but I, in general, I felt like this read more as a Saturday morning cartoon that I didn't necessarily like, but was definitely willing to chuckle at. Yeah. Whereas, like, Sonic Colors felt more like the team's first foray into truly silly writing. Right. Yeah. And... So, w- what do they do with the conch? Well... It's so weird hearing you say conch because that's how you sometimes say controller. It's how I always say controller. Okay. Well, what's interesting is the conch is a controller. Well, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Sonic, for, see- for the- Sonic sees Eggman using the conch. <laughs> I can't go back. And he's just like, hmm, that doesn't look good. So he kicks it out of his hand and... Also, Tails has been like was like trying to tell him not. There's like a there's a lot of tension going on between Sonic and Tails in this game, which is kind of interesting, even if it seems a little ham fisted. But there's nothing in this game that doesn't seem ham fisted. Fun fact. <laughs> anyway, he kicks a conch out of their hands. Uh, Eggman apparently taught the Zeddy how to control the robot, so basically Eggman just kind of walks around with Sonic and Tails throughout the story, along with the uh, Orbot and Cubot. I feel and like you skipped a beat there. Did I? Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I have no idea what how we transitioned to Eggman walking around. Well, with because okay. he got kicked out by his own army because the Zeddy be- betrayed him and took over his army. Oh, okay. That was the missing beat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I I did a lot of imp- implying 
the imp- so like Sonic gets rid of the conch, but then like Zavik picks it up or whatever, and then suddenly the I tables think, have turned. I'm pretty sure it's just out of the picture entirely. So, I don't know if he ever picks it up. It's not. it's oh. out of the picture, and the Zeddy can just control machines with their with their brains or whatever. Yeah, I think it's like a special what ability the- of theirs. Or they something. have they wow. have electromagnetic capabilities, which is what Eggman says to explain why they can control robots. Is that why they that- make a robot sound when you hit them? Uh, who knows, man? That's oh. actually kind of like super cool, but I wish they would get into more detail. Like then it would make sense if Eggman wanted to control them because he could use them as like really powerful generals. Yeah, but mostly like, it's just I want you to beat up Sonic. Yeah, which is awful. And it might be a parody video. I feel like he I feel like Eggman like mentions some kind of artifact that said that the conch would control him like as like a little callback to like Sonic Adventure. But I no, might there's... just be it might just be a parody video I'm thinking there of. There are no ancient bullshit texts. Okay. <laughs> the stone bullshit the as the video said. <laughs> oh, yeah. The tablet said so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's just kind of that tension, and, you know, there's some little banter between Eggman and Sonic and Tails, and sometimes Orbot and Cubot say something. Like, Cubot gets stuck in cube form for a while, and they try to attach him to a, a robot, but then he just tries to kill everyone. But... There's, yeah, so there's, there's a, a part where they're, like, getting some kind of magical force from the planet by, like, sucking it out of something. Yeah, yeah. specifically Sonic's that world, was... I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, not, I, not, I not Lost I... Hex, because that's their home. They, they're they just trying to... I, Eggman was going to do it, but he wasn't trying to, like, steal as much, because there was... The machine had a problem with, like, overheating or something. Well, yeah, it seemed like they were pulling it from the Hex world no, th- we'll when see, they were it, using those. It was the regular world because t- Amy and Knuckles were on there, and there was oh, when it got less hexagons. I guess, you're, I guess you're right. I don't know. That makes it seem really weird. But, like, I thought it was funny when Cubot was drinking out of the machine that was sucking the energy, and yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a big, happy robot. And then they stopped it, and he was, like, sad about it. Yeah, because it's humor. supposed to show you that, oh, it's good for robots, and... But Zavok, like, you know, he's there, and he's like, hmm. So, yeah, we're just going to overdrive it and just destroy the planet because, haha, we don't care about you guys, and we're going to be super powerful because we're evil. And Zix, like, I taught you well. I'm sure you would have figured out. I was like, he's just <laughs> the evil old man. And that just seems a little over the top, but that's this game, and I'm just going to have to accept it. <laughs> um, I like, yeah, I would definitely I like describe how this you, game as over the top. You summarize at a rate of 80 miles per hour, and you just, like, hit every speed bump. And fly into the air and and skip some beats. That's what I do sometimes. Sometimes I don't <laughs> see the speed bump, and I break the suspension of disbelief. <laughs> so so or there are a couple scenes curve. which I think are really interesting, where Tails and Eggman are like, they don't like each other. Which you know obviously they don't like each other because Eggman is constantly trying to kill them, right? Not not only that, but he's also trying to enslave all of their friends and ruin the planet that they love. Yeah. But, like, Tails is, like, specifically, like, Sonic, you want to work with this guy because he has the brain power to solve this specific problem. But, like, I also do, and, like, it kind of hurts my feelings that you prefer him over me in regards of solving that problem. I was so happy when they crash-landed and, like, after you beat the first level, or maybe the first two, Tails... Like, Sonic asks Tails if he can fix the plane, and Tails says something about, like, how he made a device that could communicate with aliens and how he, like, 
made a rubber band and a paper clip into like a handgun so that they could hold up shadow or something yeah he just like talks about like a ridiculous <laughs> contraption that he made i feel like it was a paper clip he... a rubber band and some kind of food item like gum or something <laughs> oh yeah it, it's yeah. just it, it was so cool that Tails was talking about how great he was and then saying, duh, he could fix the plane. It is <laughs> Instead a nice... of being like, I don't know, Sonic. I, I'm like really worried about it. Wait up. Yeah, it is a nice change of pace, especially then... since they'll definitely push back hard on that in like the next quote unquote main series game. Mm-hmm. Then there's a bit where uh, Eggman is casually talking about genocide uh, and then... <laughs> And then he sees that Tails is about to get killed, and so he, like, jumps into the way to prevent Tails from getting killed. I forgot they said genocide in this game. They, they said the word genocide, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, mood. <laughs> um, and that's the last cutscene I watched, but I, I Wait, liked... Wait, which world were you in? I was in the... I It was right before the jungle world. Okay. So in the jungle world, uh, Zor, or it was probably Zay in general, but Zor is the main enemy, so he's kind of the person doing it. He tried to set up a trap in a cap that, like, they would trap Sonic in a capsule because he sees a capsule, he's going to try to do it. But Tails like, Mm -hmm. no, stop, and they capture him. And I didn't get to this part, but I basically remember the story. They turn him into a robot, but it's like... Again, ham-fisted, and it, like the whole issue is kind of resolved immediately. Like, there's, I don't think there's an actual boss fight. I could be wrong. So it's just the same bit as when Eggman used like a laser to make Tails angry in the in colors. Yeah. Okay, that's not great, but I it's it could be interesting. It seems. It it feels like there is a much larger emphasis in this game on the dynamic between Sonic, Tails, and Eggman. And like, I'm I'm here for it a little bit. Like there is there are character arcs. It seems like. Yeah, and the like, character that's writing cool. here is a redeeming quality of the game. It's it's not to the level I would like it, but it is a huge improvement over Colors and Generations. Yeah, and it's like it almost harkens back to the Sonic Chronicles. Yeah. Stories where Eggman and Sonic and Tails are obviously there and they're working together with other people, but you still get these same kind of weird dynamics. And it also is the same dynamic that Sonic and Tails had in that game where Tails has become a mature and just as intelligent sort of version of himself who yeah. is able to handle things and doesn't need Sonic's help all the time. And I really like that conceptually, and I'm glad we got to see that at least one more time before I'm sure we permanently gimp Tails and no one ever changes again. <laughs> and don't worry, Tails will never be playable. <laughs> so we're oh, safe. Poor guy. We're safe from Tails being too interesting. Being playable isn't the big brain move that Tails is after. <laughs> <laughs> Tails, Tails is playing the long game. Yeah, he's playing the 14-dimensional chess right now with getting his own company going. You know, Tails team is going to start making games here soon. Tails Sky Patrol 2. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I, that's that's really all there is to the story, because obviously Sonic wins the end. There's probably a plot twist, because I think Eggman is actually the final boss, but I don't know, and I don't uh, I would be I would be extremely surprised if Eggman didn't betray Sonic and Tails at the very, very last second. I know there's like a big robot boss, but... Because that's his bit. Eggman, 100% of the time, 
he either gets betrayed at the last second or betrays at the last second. Yeah. Or, like, something completely out of his control happens and a giant lizard is pulling them towards the planet Earth at an <laughs> alarming rate. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it, it is a good video game, that one. Uh, sure, that's one word for it. <laughs> I think so. Uh, I do think that, you know, you don't necessarily need, like, a super strong plot for this game, and I think that they could have maybe tightened some things up and made the Deadly Six actually enjoyable characters, but with what they had, I think they made do. It's, it's wild, because I feel like they really wanted the Deadly Six to be as marketable as possible, but then they were like, what if we had one that was fat, and his bit was that he ate, and we're done, we did it. <laughs> we can move on to the next one immediately. No yeah. further thought required. What yes. if we had one that was a girl? Mm -hmm. I've, I've certainly <laughs> Let's calmed see. down a bit about the game. We've designed yeah. five male characters. We need something <laughs> really different. Girl. Girl. G-O-R-L. Girl. <laughs> I do, like... I, I don't want to go in too hard because I feel like this is like a kind of like critical analysis that is not like I'm not like eloquent enough to describe it. Well, not like, only that, but the problem here is kind of duh. Well, yeah, but like it's so common for them to be. It's not just this one is the girl. It's we're going to give her exclusively feminine character traits that are extremely negative. Like, yeah, exclusively negative feminine like character traits. Like, negative feminine character traits, and also there are no... There are literally zero other female characters in this whole game, except for Amy, who's in two scenes, where she she does nothing. Like, she doesn't yeah, contribute at all. Yeah, she just pretends to be vaguely caring and motherly. And, like, that's... It's not good. And not even in a way that's as compelling as her other like examples because in Sonic Adventure she's still like a fairly motherly character and she has these sort of weird pitfalls that come with men riding women yeah. but she is still like a woman of action and the way that she protects something is not boring you know you play levels and you like outrun an evil robot you know it's neat the female but Zeddy this game... is mad at Sonic for making her break a nail I it was more. Really, I don't think it was breaking a nail. I think it was more just ruining her nail art, which I guess could imply breaking. Oh yeah, it. that's what it was. That you know, nail art is cooler than just breaking a nail. Because I, I also. It. Well, here's the thing, Isaiah. I also remember hearing her remembering her saying breaking a nail, but after playing it again, I'm like, oh, now she says something. Else. She didn't say break a nail. She said ruined nail art. But it's like, like the bit is, I care about my nails more than I care about whatever is going on in the plot. And, like, that is the thing that motivates me to be involved in the plot. That's okay, kind of what the all... Deal. That's kind of what they all do, really. Except if for Zor, she... who just kind of hates life and is just like, I guess I'm going to mess with you. If, if she, like, more heavily emphasized the art aspect of that, then it would be neat to think that she was, like, an artist that just used, like, her personal aesthetic choices as, like, a, a sort of canvas. Yeah. And then she, like, heavily emphasized the art aspect that, like, you know, she is, like, her greatest masterpiece or something. That'd be a neat character angle to take. However, I think it's more likely that they just went one step deeper than you broke my nail. See, I think, uh, Stephen, the problem with that is that that would be a second character trait. 
<laughs> Art is an explosion, is all I'm saying. <laughs> but I do agree with you that that, would, that alone would be a huge improvement. Yeah, because like if it was vanity for the purposes of art, that would be super neat and like almost compelling enough for me to maybe overlook the obvious flaws with that character design choice. I just like the the character designs for the Deadly Six as a whole, but like uh, Zamom and Xena in particular, or maybe I don't remember which one is which, but the fat one and the girl in particular, yeah, you got it right. they're lazy to the point of being insulting. Yeah. Uh, even pink guy is just literally annoying. Like, that's his whole trait. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I would say Zor and Zavok probably have the most interesting designs, I guess. Yeah. Maybe Zaz, too. I don't know. Zavok, I can get behind, but everybody else I can lose. The problem is and that I know Zaz the Sega is the a name. Thing eventually. <laughs> Zaz is a name that has four letters in it and also two letters in it. <laughs> <laughs> it has four letters in it and three of them are Z. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Zomom has a similar issue. On the Sonic fandom, the, the, the personality section for Zaz is three paragraphs. But, like, Spe you could just make it a sentence. I mean, he gets more screen time. <laughs> he, he gets a... Uh, I kind of forgot that some of them got a bit more screen time despite being kind of one note. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. They also get, like, interactions during the, like, segments of the game where you're mostly focused on their partners, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, in the side scenes. That's that's the other thing is, like, those scenes are just, like, in a, like, a, a white floor with, like, a spotlight surrounded just by pure void. darkness. So it's just a yeah. void. And, like, that just doesn't feel good at all. I think it kind of suits the idea of cartoon villains that you're not supposed to know exactly what's going on with them, but they want you to know what's going on behind the scenes in broad strokes. Yeah. Because it feels very, like, cartoon villainy, does it not? You know? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely cartoon villains. Especially the part where you don't actually see them, you just see their silhouettes, and you just hear, like, you know, voices talking at each other, basically. Yeah. Like, those parts feel very, like, Saturday morning cartoon, which, for, like, better or worse, I, I think the choice makes sense. Yeah. I'm old, but I guess I'll be the third boss. <laughs> <laughs> Usually the old one is, like, one of the final bosses. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, also, usually, like, the fat one is more difficult. None of them are really difficult. Uh, I don't know. Fat, fat does kind of seem kind of like a second boss. Like, he's kind of tough. He's, like, tougher than the first one, but we're going to... I actually thought the first one was more difficult. Yeah, I, it, I he was he was difficult for me, but only because I had to realize that there was a different homing attack button. Well, Because the stop then, doesn't actually work on bosses. The most difficult thing about the fat one was just, like, figuring out exactly where I was in 3D space when he was launching, like, orbs at me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we need to go into super detail about the bosses, though. They were all very easy, and their right. gimmicks were different, but not so much so that I think it warrants, like, giving it an applause or shitting on it. I, yeah. I do want to say, just because, like, we just came back from, like, talking about knights, that it was really refreshing to see uh, a little knights representation, like, seeing HD models for all the bosses and yeah. Yeah, incorporating them with the Deadly Six in, like, in a way that kind of makes sense for both of them. I guess. Yeah, and running around in that world is neat because they do this like gray sepia tone, or not, what do you call it? Gray scale situation that you're like running through what feels kind of like 
monotonous for just a little bit, and then you pop into a dream world, and it's all colorful, and you're fighting bosses, and it feels like a crazy, weird nightmare, and uh-huh. you just pop back and forth between those, and it's not so long running around in the grayscale that it becomes, like, boring. Yeah. Um, and you do, like, nightsy things, like fly through hoops instead of collect rings. Yeah. Uh... I, I know you guys didn't get to play it, but, like, the Zelda DLC is really nice because you kind of have a nice open world and, like, it's a little representation of all the games. Like, you have a Link riding out on one of those uh, Skyward Sword bird things. I'm sorry, I forgot what they're actually called. Uh, Pelican Champions. You can get a, a heart container and a chest, which is very uncharacteristic of a Zelda game, I think. Well, no, no can, you get, get can you get heart containers in a... I think you, you get, get heart pieces in chests. Well, heart pieces, but not a whole heart container. Yeah. But it, it's really interesting that you can get, like, a full kind of 3D space for a while. And it's also a good way to get animals because rupees are animals. And you can get a crap ton of rupees in that game, in that uh, level. Well, yeah, but uh, do the animals, do you need to ever get more than, like, you will easily get through a regular gameplay? I, for some reason in the forest level, I didn't get them all. So I just went to the Zelda level to get them. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, it's just nice to, like, I guess be able to have that option. I probably enjoyed it more just because I just got back from, like, beating Ocarina of Time and then I went yeah, to the Yoshi level and it seemed a little uninspired like it looks like Yoshi story but everything else is very Yoshi's Island it was just kind of it was a and I guess maybe because it was 2D it just felt very bare bones so I was just kind of like you're eh. right again. sorry it's all good <laughs> it's okay I, I could see though how like Yoshi would just map to being pretty similar to how Sonic is but like even easier because Sonic has way more abilities than Yoshi does yeah <laughs> and I can't think of like a convenient way to make egg throwing a thing. I, I, I keep Laser, getting eggs, I but I don't know how I'm supposed to throw them. I think they might just be for animal counting. Yeah. Laser. Caution. I also, I don't know. I've never been like a huge fan of crossover content unless it like very specifically made sense and a ton of effort was put into it. Like Marvel vs. Capcom is obviously separate from a Yoshi DLC level in yeah. a Sonic game. It's just the weaker <laughs> of the little DLC things. Yeah. Well, and, like, Knights makes sense because Knights has always been weirdly loosely connected to Sonic. But, like, Zelda, cool as it may be, I, I think that I personally would not be as into it just because it wouldn't make sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. It was a Nintendo, Sonic... it was a Nintendo exclusive, so it made sense to put him in. Yeah, except it's not because it's on Steam. <laughs> well, at the time. Right. It was supposed to be part of this, like, special, like, Sega-Nintendo deal that didn't fall through because the Wii U sucked. <laughs> yeah, it did really suck. Nintendo kind of screwed them over on that one. Uh, so, this episode has gone on for a while. Do we want to talk about the music and missions? The music is great. It's, like, it, it feels, like, the quality, even, like, compared to Generations, it feels really, it just sounds really good, and I really like it. That's all I wanted to say. If, I it, agree. It feels a little bit different from previous Sonic music, but in a in a very good way. Yeah. It it to me it feels like a blend of Sonic Unleashed and like the first three Sonic games. Yeah. Like it's got the, I guess orchestral. Like it's not as orchestral as Sonic Unleashed, but they do place a greater focus on less synthesized instruments. Yeah. But then the composition style is like somewhat reminiscent of the first three Sonic games especially with the, some of the lighter tunes there is and there then, is a lot more tonal variety uh, which yeah. which I think is something that 
that Unleashed did and uh, the original Sonic games kind of did and then every other Sonic game was like, we have one tone and it's dance. Well, uh, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure, well, uh, 2 to a much greater extent, Sonic Adventure still kind of has this, but like 2 has different, like, characters have a different focus. That's true, yeah. And, like, you've obviously got the character themes from Sonic Adventure and then stages. I, I think there's still a good variety of music in stages. And I think in Sonic Adventure, it's more of a detriment than anything else because they had a difficult time, I think, finding there's no good, There's no cohesion like, in Sonic Adventure. But yeah. And in 2, it's much... I think it's better that even though I don't like all the songs for characters that are not Sonic or Shadow. Yeah. In, in, in this game, I feel like the musical identity is much stronger and it doesn't really sacrifice variety. By, yeah, by in, in that, that pursuit. Uh, also, the the boss theme is just is just like a like a cartoon boss theme. Like, I like it the just boss works theme, really well, despite how much I don't like the bosses. I agreed. Yeah, <laughs> I kept humming it at work. Honestly, like the bosses make me dislike the boss theme. Like I would really like the boss theme outside. Yeah, of I can understand. No, that. Well, the thing. The thing you don't like is just the voice lines, then. That's, that's definitely true, yeah. So you're more so mad that you can't listen to the music because of the voice lines. Not <laughs> It's not hurting the music. <laughs> I'm going to chew you up and spit you out. I'm going to bore you. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm done snack. with you, I'm, I'm going to uh, go get some dinner, probably. Bye. Because <laughs> I'll still be hungry. <laughs> All of my voice lines are food-related. Um, so... Thumbs up, thumbs down, Sonic Lost World. Mm. Well, you certainly warmed me up to the game, but I'm going to give it a thumbs down. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Is that all you'd yeah. like to say? Okay, <laughs> I'm going to give it a thumbs up easily. I like this game a lot. I think that it was an incredible use of 3D like for Sonic that we have not really seen before. Yeah. It and we're not like going to see again. Uh, it looked <laughs> like it was going to be Sonic Adventure again, and like I think I've been permanently burned by it ever since. We're never, ever getting another Sonic Adventure. It's not happening. I, oh, that's Rip. the other thing. Yeah, I wanted to know, what if you could give me three things that made you feel that it might be another Sonic Adventure, I would like to hear that. Uh, well, it looked like it would be more 3D than even the Boost games, and like... I appreciate this game, like, keeping 3D and 2D sections separate. I mean, there's some stages that transition between them, but it's not like, hey, you're in 3D. Oops, you just turned to a 2D section. At least, yeah, like, there's going like a into transition. a hole, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was the question? Oh, the things that made me think. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the main thing. And, like, there was no boost, obviously, so I didn't have to worry about that, because I really did not like boost back then. Yeah. Obviously, I feel better about it now, and I almost miss it now. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird, right? Uh, <laughs> I do like boost gameplay. And it just seemed overall nonlinear, which was not true. It's the two, the two kind of made it more linear, but, like, the Zelda, the Zelda DLC was a really nice little 3D environment to go through. The yeah. the thing about Lost World is that it's a wide hallway, like yeah. it's linear. Well, it's linear, I mean, but you can you can go pretty far left and right. It's linear in terms of like you just play levels in in order. But I would say like especially for the first world, the levels are not particularly linear at all. Like you get from point A to point B, but all along the way, there's even more than like three paths. I, you know? I honestly think the beach level was probably the best use of 3D. 
yeah. outside of the Zelda DLC. I will also say that like the Sonic levels in most of the 3D games are pretty linear. Mm-hmm. Like I can only really think of like it is, but they they seem a bit more dynamic, I guess. Like it's not like obvious a hall as like maybe this game is. I I'm picky. I think what you're getting at is more the idea of like the the downhill sort of like spiral rush or like the uphill spiral rush where you have to like make you know like a little shape to get through a room instead of just running straight through it and then maybe hooking to the left or the right. It's like, you know, you have to, like, jump to the right corner, hop along these three little platforms, jump to the left side, yeah. and then, like, shoot up a rail, you know? Uh, nostalgia blinds you. But I do think that, like, this more straightforward setup is a lot easier to control and a lot more comfortable from, like, right off the bat. Yeah. Although, I guess, Isaiah, you kind of, like, stand against that. I mean, I my, my main point is just that, like, I don't think it's bad... It's just that I've suffered greatly from not understanding it, and I think that is a hurdle to have to overcome, however easily you overcame it. <laughs> I, yeah, also, like, yeah, I'm a 100% thumbs up. I think this is a really good game. And I am kind of suspicious if anything will actually top it that we play before the end of this podcast. Oh, man. I doubt it. <laughs> Unless well, Team uh, Sonic what's... Racing really ticks your boxes. What's what game's next? Your boxes. Uh, I, I believe just the portable version of this game is. Okay. The 3DS version. Oh, yeah. We get to play a full 3D game for the first time on a handheld. Get excited. That'll be really interesting. Unless you count Sonic Labyrinth? That I would not describe as fully 3D. Yeah, I don't, that is like, I don't know. You can... You can dodge things by hitting a button. I mean, by that metric, Sonic 3D Blast is the first fully 3D. No, wait, that's not portable. <laughs> it's also, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at nospin-zone. You can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash nospin-zone. You can email us at nospin-zone at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me at Isaiah Games on Twitter. Uh, that's is. IAH Games. Did I get it all? Hey, uh, plug your SoundCloud. Oh, yeah. You, uh, I'm going to plug my Bandcamp, actually. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Sorry. You can, my Bandcamp is... Uh, what is my Bandcamp? Uh, Isaiah Brighton, I-S-I-A-H-B-R-I-G-H-T-O-N.bandcamp.com. That's where you can find music that I work on. I can You can buy it, and then listen to it and i can, can you talk about the kind of music that you make and what you make it for yeah so i i write uh i write video game soundtracks um i i have a, a soundtrack for a game called scruffy's treasure hunt which probably will not be out by the time uh, most people are listening to this uh i also have some cover songs and some songs that i'm just kind of like just kind of vibing out a little bit <laughs> Isaiah's music is really good, and you should purchase it. I think you should. Can can people commission you to make songs? Can we promote that? Yes. Yeah. Please. Uh, f- like contact me on Twitter at i s i a h games. Uh, dot twitter dot com. That's not how the URL works. Uh, and Isaiah, in case you didn't know, made the music for our intro. So yeah, there's a little teaser, I guess. 
And I will I'll write music for your shit too. Charlie, where can people find you? <laughs> I guess you can find me at Charlie is horse on Twitter where I'll draw something or not. Tweet about <laughs> you drew something like dumb. several things recently. After Isaiah just like unleashed his entire career, I'm just kinda like, <laughs> you know, I'm here. <laughs> I mean, we both make a podcast, Charlie. That's true. Isaiah's, Isaiah's on two like... podcasts. <laughs> and to I wrote, be fair, I wrote the intro <laughs> and outro for that podcast. You wrote the intro for this one. Kind That's of. true. But, yeah, we mentioned that. I just I just wrote categorically more music for that one. Dude, you're gonna have to make another Kingdom Hearts intro when we undoubtedly have to play all the Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. Um, everyone have a lovely evening. Yeah. Or afternoon. Spin don't you later. Get, don't get lost world <laughs> don't get lost world dude what the hex <laughs> all right goodbye i'm hitting stop